Hi guys, it's Val. I'm going to time walk you to the present because now we know the U.S. distributors. They are the streaming services Sundance Now and Shudder. According to an Instagram post from Sundance Now, U.S. viewers can expect a Discovery of Witches early in 2019. And in the U.K., it'll air on Sky One September 14th, 2018. Yay! Just know we're currently deciding on how we'll handle our coverage of the TV show, but when we have all the pieces in place, we'll see how we feel. That's how we handle everything. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the show. Demons Discuss, Take 42, The One with the Vampire King. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hi, listeners. Hi, everybody. And what are we talking about today, Angela? We are talking about Shadow of Night, Chapter 18, and meeting a special vampire king. Ooh. Wonder Ooh. who that could be. <laughs> so ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy McCreeperson. <laughs> Jean. Oh, he does have that kind of yeah, no, debut. I'm, gl- I'm glad that you, you say that because I would love, and we'll get to it, but I'd love to do our first impressions and then where we are now. And I'm sure we're everywhere in between. Yes, definitely first impressions because my first impressions was different than you guys. But now yeah. that I'm reading it back again, I'm like, oh, I could see how they thought that. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, this guy is kind of creepy. You're right. <laughs> anyway, we'll get that to that soon enough. Shit happens. I know. First, I'd like to say this podcast is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. Our patrons are the ones that keep you from listening to us talk about mattresses, food delivery kits, underwear, Amazon affiliations, or whatever else advertisers would love us to talk to you about. Um, instead, we insight. Get to- Insight. We probably would have gotten an Insight sponsorship for the one with the D. Oh my God. Paired up with some tutor underwear. Oh, yeah. Product placement is key. You're welcome, tutor underwear. Back out of the ditch. Yeah. But instead, we get to tell you about our patrons. Why is that great? Because our patrons are listeners like you, and they help us keep our microphones on here at Demons Discuss. Angela, why should our listeners become patrons? Why? Well, they get the after show, but there's a potential for swag and much more. Much more? Contest too. Oh my God. That is awesome. <laughs> Stuff to win. Yay. <laughs> Grabby hands. I know you guys are really curious on where to sign up. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And that was my ad read. Ta-da! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good. (laughs) All right. So let's go on to discusser emails. Who has the first one? I have one from Anna. Yay, Anna. Hey, demons. It's your discusser, Anna from London, with my thoughts on chapter 18. Anyways, what I love the most about this chapter is the dialogue. First, the chatty Diana, seeing almost an almost new side of her, carefree, enjoying herself and her budding relationship with Mary Sidney. 
Then there's a dialogue when the summons from Father Hubbard arrives. On first read of this passage, I thought, whoops, Diana, payback time for your trip across London. On subsequent readings, it was more like, what the hell were you thinking, Matthew? (laughs) My favorite laugh out loud line is Diana quietly wanting to throttle Matthew. Stop looking out the window. I'm tired of talking to the back of your head. Look back at me. Look back at me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was an ad lib there, people. That was not Anna. that was Anna. You mean not Anna? Very good. Very good. As we get into <laughs> as we get into Hubbard's den, Matthew's trying his alpha male approach to talking with Father Hubbard. Well, not the wisest approach. I did like the cocky Matthew there. And when picturing Father Hubbard, I could only think of Max on Cito. Thankfully, Diana does take over the control of that conversation and puts her foot down back at home on subject of finding a witch teacher for her. The chapter ends for me with a chuckle over the closing lines from Gallo Glass when Philippe says he's trusting his wife's judgment is just about when all hell breaks loose. Also wanted to say I can't get enough of the TV trailer. I keep secretly re-watching it at work since Monday. I really don't care about diversions from canon because I feel they're going to do a brilliant job creating this world and I just want to enjoy it. That's all for me. Hugs and kisses and can't wait for the next episode. Anna. And Thank Anna's you, Anna. full email can be can be read over at our show notes. Yes, we will put a link on the show Woo-hoo. notes so you can read her whole email. Angela, who do you have? I have one from Lisa. She is also commenting on Chapter 18, and I'm going to dive right into the meat of it. She says, The reader isn't aware that Andrew knows he is related to the Declaremonts, yet that is in Andrew's knowledge bank. This read, I kept that in mind, and suddenly the chapter seemed different. It seemed much more of a measure-taking. I couldn't help but wonder what kind of relationship Andrew and Philippe had. Andrew's contempt for Matthew almost seemed more understandable. Not to say he was right, but in context, more reasonable. Imagine being turned by Benjamin, abandoned, and then your grandfather showing up and acting lord of the manor. So I guess I understand why Andrew moved his puzzle pieces the way he did. Love all the demons. Really sad I won't be in Philly. Maybe next year. Much love, demon kisses, and goddess blessings. Lisa. Oh, Lisa, thank you. Oh, Lisa. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I have one from New England, Angela. Hi, Angela. And good morning, demons. Most of the All Souls family is working their way through their 10th watch of the TV show trailer. I will go back shortly for my 11th. However, I wanted to ask a quick question in regards to Andrew Hubbard. We know that during the London Plague, 1349, question mark, Benjamin turns him into a vampire. Do we know why Benjamin never revealed his maker to Matthew in 1590? Or why Benjamin chose Hubbard? Was it that Hubbard didn't know the link yet between Matthew and Benjamin until Philippe interfered? I keep going back to the Book of Life for some answers, but it seems I'm missing something that would tell me how Hubbard would have found out that Benjamin was Matthew's son. Hubbard only knew Benjamin wanted to wage a war against the Declaremonts, but never said why. Thoughts? Hmm. I think, if I recall correctly, part of the reason Benjamin turned turned Hubbard is because he knew that Hubbard already had an animosity towards Philippe. He already didn't like the Declaremonts because of the way that they tried to run the whole show and thought he could could use that to his advantage and create an army of people who hated the Declaremonts just like Benjamin did. Right. I think he could have almost turned anyone. I mean, Father Hubbard was just a father, wasn't he, before he was turned? I don't know that he had much to do with Philippe before then. Ah, see, that's, that's where it gets dicey, I think. I wonder if he was, see, I guess I wonder if he was already ministering to cre- to the creatures of London, even as a human. And didn't know it, you think? 
maybe. Well, no, he knew he was minister. He was probably doing creature outreach. He very well could oh. have collected people for their, you know, own a safe haven. But to me, I mean, he could have chosen whoever he wanted to choose. And maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe he was collecting creatures and he thought he'd have his instant little army. But Benjamin could have groomed anyone in his eyes to wage war against the Declaremonts. And I think people knew what they knew. Benjamin knew, Father Hubbard knew. It doesn't mean that they have to tell anyone. It'd be yeah. more effective. Yeah, I was going to say, Father Hubbard strikes me as a guy who keeps a lot of secrets. Yeah, it'd be more effective in your plan to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know what, Angela? I'm going to go back and read the Book of Life, that one chapter, and see what I can take out of that. Or And then go back and read the origins in this chapter, too. And maybe I'll have an answer next episode. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just write it in the yeah. Facebook group or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Laters, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we have one more, guys. Um, this one is from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. And hey, she Michelle. says, hello, demons. Andrew Hubbard is the character I most love to hate. Wow. In this chapter, once again, Matthew's arrogance, decisions, and lack of planning causes him problems. My first impression of Father Hubbard is that of a modern day cult leader. Again, now, this is me saying this. Again, now I can kind of see that. Great minds think alike. (laughs) (laughs) But when, (laughs) but when I first read it, I was like, what, what? Because I was, I was angry at Matthew because he was just being a jerk. So. I tend to take the other side when Matthew's just being a jerk. I don't know. He takes care of his people and brings in the most vulnerable, which is admirable, if they were ever permitted to the choice to leave. See, I don't know that they don't have the choice to leave. Right. Who said they don't? Yeah, I mean, that was certainly unclear. Yeah. So I do not believe his children are ever free of him. But could the same be said about Philippe as well? And Mm -hmm. she's right. Philippe can you can say the same thing about him. I would love to hear your thoughts on how Father Hubbard and Philippe are similar. Can't wait for your next episode, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Um, Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, I think they're very similar in the way where they run their flock. It's just uh, I think I've discussed this with Angela and Jean Hubbard when he has his little ceremony taken in his children. We observe Fernando pledging his loyalty to uh, the Bishop Claremont Skyon in the Book of Life. Book of Life. Yeah. So he spilled his own blood. N- mind you, no one drank it <laughs> like like Andrew did. But, I, you know, right. it, it's just a different ritual. I mean, go through Christianity and you go to each sect of Christianity. Christianity and they're all Christians. However, they perform I mean, different very, rituals. All, they're all variations on an oath of fealty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because of nobility, kings would do that. Local rulers would do that. Yeah. Although Hubbard drinking the blood, that is invasive, extremely. It is. Well, I think that's because he was also just trying to gather intel. Right. I just thought that was a godfather move. Like, you're going to be loyal to me. I know some shit on you. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was like, oh, yeah. yeah, if you're part Most of my assuredly. family, I'm, I'm going to know. I'm going to have some shit yeah. on you. It's a, yeah. that, that was that was a real control move there. It yeah. was. And he, he uh, well, not unusual. He uh, had that under the guise of religion. Like, I have to make sure God really wants you here. And you got to think about it's, it. It's like how many religious leaders have done that, though? I mean, and maybe he really believed it because back then they believed that uh, if you were king, they they believed that was God given. So I don't know. I mean, their beliefs were very different. Oh, yeah. Like you go to some of the mega churches. Yeah, there was no (laughs) such thing as separation of church and state at all. Yeah, I won the war because God wanted me to. Yeah. God wants me to have this airplane. (laughs) Well, Louis, God speaks through me. Right. (laughs) 
God wants me to have this house and car cars. <laughs> you, know? you can say all kinds of things as a religious leader. And if you as long as people believe in you, sure, that's all you need. Cult, religion. Ah, there's a thin line to skirt. And, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, just saying, let me not get into that discussion before we get angry emails. OK, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's like anything planting the seeds. But even we were at a pediatrician appointment the other day and the doctor slipped in. He's like, so when your mother brainwashes you and he kept going and Harlow's like, wait, what? Brainwash? He's like, oh, no, your mother would never do that. I'm like, it's the same thing. Planting the seeds constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we have to brainwash our children. Otherwise, they do dumb shit. Exactly. <laughs> I stand by that. Just like we did. <laughs> yes. That's what every parent tries to avoid. You're not going to be do the dumb shit that I did. <laughs> but see, but here's the scary thing, though. But then kids nowadays come up with like, yeah, there's new dumb shit, new dumb shit, which is yeah. Some, yeah. Of, some of it's so much scarier. I remember like um, when seatbelts first started getting installed in cars on the regular, like mm-hmm. since when I was a child. And my father made this is before it was a law or anything. My father made sure I buckled in every single time. So it was a reflex reaction by the time I was a teen. So I got into my friend's car and they had just passed the law that people riding in the driver and passenger side had to buckle up. This is in New York State. So I get in the back and I buckle up and my friend's mom's like, oh, you're brainwashed. I was like, "Uh, what? What did I do? (laughs) 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 Because she was pissed that she had to buckle up. That's funny. funny. (laughs) Your mind is controlled. Yeah, anyway. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whoa, in the ditch early, guys. All right. <laughs> well, anyways, mind control, blood control, information control. That's what it all boils down to. So, and that's where we are thanks. in the cupboard. Yep. Thanks for it's bringing the us C back. Word. <laughs> the control word. All right. Uh, this chapter discussion is brought to you by Catherine Quirk. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. So let's start the wagon. We left off in chapter 17, sitting down with Diana and Matt. Matthew. Diana was picking at her bread and was tired after her shopping trip to London, where she was looking for paper, sealing wax, and a witch. Matthew was trying to forget his trip to the tower, where he witnessed a witch being tortured. Diana was worried about Matthew because of all the pamphlets being distributed about town describing a werewolf, but the description actually was painting a picture of a vampire. Matthew assured her not to worry because it wasn't the time in history to worry about human concerns about vampires. The human world was focused on witches at the moment. Diana emphasized the need for her to worry about the witches and told Matthew that she would handle it. She told him, listen to me, a witch will come. So we open up chapter 18 with Matthew waiting for Diana and and Mary's solar. Diana comes out to greet him wearing an Elizabethan lab coat and smelling like a pickle. (laughs) Smelling of pickles. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think of this getup when we first see this scene? I tried to picture the the puffy sleeves. Yeah. (laughs) Or padded sleeves. The padded sleeves fitting in the like the with trying to get the oversmock on it. Mm. I don't know. I can't picture it looking much different than her wedding dress, quite honestly. <laughs> really? Yeah. I picture this kind of gray drab oh, yeah. thing that would not, fit over it. Yeah, Not not the color, yeah. but the padded sleeves. I mean, her sleeves were enormous and she had a couple of pairs yeah. on for her wedding uh-huh. dress. And then, except for the, the rough was very small in this 
this lab thing get up? It, it almost is kind of like a furniture cover with a nut. Yeah, I was, thinking, yeah. I was thinking couch cover. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Like the ones you buy from Target and you yeah. tuck them in and the side. <laughs> and they've got a little bit of elastic here and there to hook under. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp yeah. tarp runner. Jeez, what, was, what would be Elizabethan Velcro? Um, pins. <laughs> Good point. I'm I can't like, think of anything else. I'm sure no. it would have been a lot easier to be Elizabethan if you had Velcro or dress Elizabethan at least. You'd have to oh, go nat- wanna... natural, like sew a bunch of burrs onto your, onto your garment. <laughs> <laughs> go pick some burrs outside. Yeah. There you go. Wow. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. That neck. would work though. <laughs> it would definitely work. So she goes on to describe Mary's lab to Matthew. She's taken over one of the castle's towers and painted the walls with images of the philosopher's stone. And she said, it's like working or it's like working inside a Ripley scroll. And when I first read this, I had no idea what a Ripley scroll was. But later on, I took a look at it and I'm like, wow, that's exactly as it's described. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when Deb shared those pictures from the copy that was at Harvard or Yale had. Oh, my gosh. They were so beautiful. Yeah. So vibrant, too, considering how old they were. You guys are better with history than I am. What did he mean by prim Victorian? I, I mean, I kind of got the gist of it, but were the Victorians a little bit more buttoned down and? Oh, completely. It, uh, publicly. Yeah, publicly, publicly they were. But it, like even they in North and South, the, a good example is in North and South when uh, she's having the conversation with her friend, and then all of a sudden, because she was friendly with him, he automatically thinks that she wants to marry him because that's that's the step that you went. That's how far yeah. it went. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean like not in like in a in a overt or loose way, just because they had a conversation that was like oh, they're talking in public, so they must be you know the next step must be they marriage. Must be involved. Yeah. Yes, they're, 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 they're going to be reading the bands any day now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I do think it was rather quick that he was like, "But I love you." I was like, "How do you fucking know she might?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That was quick. Well, I, lo- I love how I love how she was like Matthew. The servants are watching. Yeah, right. Like she. Can't now. Yeah. But in the at the end of North and South when she's kissing his hand, they may as well been having sex on the on the park bench there because that's that's how a Victorian would, would view him her kissing his hand. Like that would just be too explicit. Oh my. Oh yeah. <laughs> they they be you you've been comp- I mean the Victorians, if you were caught in a room alone with the man, you'd been compromised and you'd yeah. be, better be asking for your hand the next day. I read too many Regency romances. <laughs> so I wonder. I mean, the pendulum swings. So were Elizabethans a little more I, I'm taking it from the comparison. Elizabethans were a little were a lot more crazy and out there and partiers and well in the live theater. Well, I think this also goes back to the whole thing Deb always talked about with privacy because there yeah, weren't true true there really wasn't a lot of privacy in a lot of private rooms. It's like, dude, all I'm doing is nuzzling your neck and you're like losing your mind. It's like right. we don't get any privacy if that's how you're going to be. No, yeah, you're right. You're totally right, Gina. As Deb has pointed how did out, we get pre- how do we get pregnant? You yeah. had to wit- you had to witness the consummation of a marriage in Victorian days. They never even yes. crossed their minds. I'd be oh my gosh, they'd faint. Well, that was the impression I was getting. But I one who doesn't really know about the Victorian era, except they had nice houses. You know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, she went on to, she talks about how fantastic it was when they were hunting the green lion that the flask exploded. And Matthew says, I'm glad you don't work in my lab, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good thing. (laughs) Exploding flasks are not a good thing. And he's like, you weren't working with Mercury. And she's like, don't worry, I wouldn't do anything to harm the baby. And he's like, I didn't mean the baby. But I think he kind of did. Yeah. Well, so what if he did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that's, yeah. <laughs> but then they go back and forth with that about the baby, you know, it's like, and then he's kind of upset. He's like, you think all I care about is the fact that you're having a baby that I'm, I wouldn't have been equally worried that you're it was just you it. playing with Mercury. Yeah. yeah. He got a little bit indignant there. Yeah. And then his beard was mentioned again that she's still getting used to. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Dumb did. Dumb did. She said, which I was still getting used to. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to keep going. I'm keeping going. Ugh. Okay. So she promises him Beardy that. goodness. <laughs> too early for this gene, man. <laughs> okay. You got to take it when you can get it. Oh, my God. She promises him that next week they're going to cook up a fresh batch of Prima Materia and she won't touch it because it's got mercury in it. So that is good. He says it sounds like a festive start to the new year. Wait, before you go on, yeah. all, all these images and everything, I didn't know what they were talking about. All these alchemical yeah. uh, steps. Yeah. And even quite honestly, looking at it today, I don't exactly know. I'm going to have to go back and listen to our alchemy episode to see how we sorted that out. It doesn't look like dial soap. I know that. No, no, <laughs> it does not. We were very basic in that episode because we we flat yeah. out admit it we don't know shit but this is what we know right. <laughs> this is what yeah. we found yeah. out for you yeah, yeah. Yes. um Matthew's staring out the window and he said this uh, scene, their talk gives us a sense of the time and the scenery, the bonfire for the New yep. Year's, a recipe for manchette, Elizabethan and like French toast. And mm-hmm. I see before you move to the next page, there's he gives that little comparison to Penelope. And I just wanted to say she's a Another weaver. Another Trojan War shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a weaver. Yes. She's a weaver in mythology. So uh-huh. and, and has something to do with Artemis. So that is shout out to weavers and Artemis. And... There is also a, a version of the myth where she becomes a sorceress in her own right mm-hmm. Oh, at the end of her life. Well, so there is that. Yeah. Reading Cersei came in handy. <laughs> like because Penelope, Penelope is a major character in the, the latter part of the book. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Her mm-hmm. name, it, good. it actually means weaver. Not huh, literal like the, the witch source, but the literal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so Matthew gets to talking about Lady Pembroke's past. You know, her mother was Mary Dudley, sister to mm-hmm. the Queen's favorite, Robert. And I guess there was some treason her father was involved with. And there was some smallpox thrown in there. And yeah, and her mom and then her brother, her brother fell in and out of favor so many times. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we all know about. Well, maybe we don't know all about Sweet Robin, but yeah. How about tell us about Sweet Robin? Oh, Sweet Robin, uh, Sweet Robin in some circles. He was always the king's favorite. Some people think he was the one who helped her not be so virgin. <laughs> Is that what you were saying yesterday yeah. in the Facebook group? <laughs> yeah. Nah, bruh. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, his his nickname was Sweet. She called him Sweet Robin mm. uh, when he was not on her shit list, which yeah. he got on that more than a few times. Yeah, and then when he was on, his, um, on her shit list, he took up with her 
lady in waiting, Latisse, and all yes, bets were off. Yeah, Latisse, Latisse Nallis was was horrible. Yeah, was uh, Devereaux Latisse's son? Son, yeah, yeah, Latisse's son by her first husband. Right, and we will meet Robert Devereaux later on down the line here in Son. So, yep. hang on to your hats for that. Yeah, he's a brat like Kit. So, <laughs> yes, yes, he is a brat like Kit, very much so, probably more so. And then he he was a real party boy because yeah. I think didn't he end up dying from complications from syphilis? No, I think he was he had that failed mission in Ireland, and I think that he died of treason because he wouldn't come back. Oh yeah, but he also had syphilis and, and yeah, that bog fever seemed to kill a lot yeah. of them in Ireland. I just read a great book about Grace O'Malley and the all the failed Ireland campaigns during Elizabeth's time. Mm. So Mary was married at fifteen. Yikes! I know yep. to a forty year old. She was only thirty here. Ugh. Yeah, she was only thirty here. So that's gross. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, typical. You, if you say typical, it's still sad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause what's because what's 40 then? For, if 15 is 30 and 40 is 80. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think it all depends on whether you survive childbirth or not. And I would be willing to guess that Mr. Sidney's prior wife had probably died in childbed or shortly thereafter. All right. So she says, Mary Sidney was a bride at 15. The shrewd, vibrant woman ran an enormous household, reared a pack of energetic children, and was devoted to her alchemical experiments, all with no apparent effort. Now I understand how. Lady Pembroke was younger than me by a few years, but by the age of 30, she'd been juggling these responsibilities for half of her life. Fuck that noise, man. (laughs) (laughs) I better shut up before the Handmaid's Tale comes back, though. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. I digress! Matthew goes on to say that Mary's mother set her up for success by providing her the tools to survive in this world. Discipline, a sense of duty, the best schooling, a love of poetry, and her passion for alchemy. So there was that, besides having to marry the old man. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they talked about chemistry on the way home, and Matthew was rather amused because he had not seen her like this before, animated, full of questions. And he actually says, I haven't seen you like this before, he commented. Like what? So animated, full of questions and reports of what you've been doing and all the plans you and Mary have next week. She goes on to say, I like being a student again. And Matthew texts on, and you feel free here in a way that you didn't at Oxford. Secrets are a lonely business. And Matthew's eyes were sympathetic as his fingers mm-hmm. moved along her jaw. Yeah. And she goes well, on. To, well, what can was I say that, something else? I, sure. She didn't, she didn't admit it, but I think it's like, this is the first time we see her with a friend. Right. She has a female, she has a friend. Yes. Uh, A female friend who she can relate to. I mean, this is the closest thing she's ever had to a confidant, I think. Yeah. I can tell you. Hey, somebody I can ask pregnancy questions to. It's true. Mm -hmm. Ain't going to be Chris. I fell fell in love with these books because I like being a student again. Yes. Me too. Oh, that's true. So true too. And she goes, I was never lonely. And he says, yes, you were. I think you still are. And before, and she's like trying to come up with a response. Mm -hmm. And then Matthew uh, got all defensive all of a sudden. He backs her up against the wall next to the fireplace. Two male vampires came in dressed in fancy clothing with a message. They said, the teenage vampires are here, people. Yeah. They said, we have a message from Father Hubbard. And I'm like, what, what, what? Who is this Father Hubbard guy? And she goes on to comment. I had 
had never seen a teenage vampire and had always imagined there had been prohibitions against that. Now, we had never heard that there are prohibitions, but I think it's kind of implied throughout well, vampire don't forget, lore. Don't forget, <laughs> yeah. we the only vampires we really saw were all Philippe's vampires, and Philippe seems to have his own set of rules when it comes mm-hmm. to who he's going to turn. Yeah. At the very least, we know it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And teenage vampires seem a little bit better than child vampires because of all the things in Anne Rice's world, Claudia creeped me out the most. <laughs> I liked the her. little little girl vampire. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, she was monstrous. Yeah, she's a she little was. impulsive. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> a little lack of oh. impulse control, you know. That's well, what happens when you're a child. And as you expect, she was pissed when she's like, "Wait a minute, this is I'm never going to grow old. I'm pissed now. I'm stuck at five years old. This is bullshit." <laughs> Yes, right. <laughs> oh my god so they deliver their message She's, they go father hubbard wants to see you the smaller vampire said looking with contempt at the weapon in matthew's hand come when the clocks toll seven and then matthew he's uh matthew's like tell him i'll see him when i want to see him on first read i was like oh here's that arrogant matthew when i first met here we the, go again. here we go here's yep. that guy anyway the boy told him he doesn't want to just see you and Matthew assumes it's Kit. That's when the boy vampire says, Marlo has been with Father Hubbard all day. I'm like, ah, fuck, Kit. Here we go. Here we go, Kit! (laughs) Oh, boy. Yep. Hold on to your horses. Father Hubbard wanted the witch. At this point on first read, I assumed that it was Kit causing problems yet again. Yeah. Matthew, uh, he's like, oh, I see. And then (laughs) he threw a dagger at him. (laughs) 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 Matthew is testy temper. (laughs) Don't kill the mess. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but he's a vampire. He won't die from a knife stick. <laughs> right. He'll be he'll be fine. He'll yep. be fine. Pierre's like it doesn't so, hurt for a long. Flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the little boy so a flesh wound. So the little boy vampires kind of back out, and then uh, he turns to Pierre and he says, "Hancock and Galglass ordered Matthew." And then Pierre's like, "At once!" And he whisk out of the room, and here comes Francois. She's like, "What the?" fuck's going on and she sees the knife in her door frame that i'm sure she polishes every day right and matthew's like like, matthew's like shit i know matthew's like we had visitors And so Diana, finally, she's confused. She's like, what is this about, Matthew? Matthew's like, we're going to meet an old friend. That's ridiculous. I was upset when you said that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes on to ask, is this old friend a vampire? And then uh, he's like, he doesn't answer her. He ignores her. And that pisses me off, too. Yeah. He goes to Francois, says, wine, Francois. And then Francois is like, uh... But I have some fresh blood in the cellar. Perhaps you should just... And then, you know, Matthew gives her a messed up look and she pours him some wine. It's like, oh, God, Matthew. Why do I get the feeling there there was eye rolling involved in all that? I'm serious. Francoise puts up with a lot of shit. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. This told me that this vampire irritated him and his whole circumstance was irritating him. And he's still not talking to Diane about it, which would frustrate me to no end. Yes. Yes. This whole little scene, these couple pages, is whipping me into a lather. This whole 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's just being so freaking irritating. It's just not yeah. even funny yeah. today. Because he hands it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll get you. Go ahead. No, because he's pretty soon he's going to spin it and turn it. And that really makes me mad. Oh, yeah. OK, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Stand by for that. <laughs> Stand by for the bullshit. Yeah. So he hands Francois these letters and says, take these to Henry and Walter. And here comes Diana. She's like reminding him she's like Father Hubbard. And that's when Matthew loses his shit. And you know what? I'm done with him here. Mm-mm. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Mm-mm. Okay, so three, two, one. Matthew says, who could I blame? Who could I blame? Yep. <laughs> Not me, for sure. Right. <laughs> oh, this couldn't possibly be my fault. <laughs> oh, my God. He's he such a man. He is. He turns around. And he says, you're going to get yourself killed. He said roughly. His back still turned. Isabel warned me that you have no instinct for self-preservation. How many times does something like this have to happen before you develop one. And Diana's like, what did I do now? Shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And then he turns around, you wanted to be seen, Diana. Well, now you were. Well, duh. That's just such a, right. that's such a pissy thing to say. Didn't He's they just go being over pissy. this when they were sitting down to dinner and she said she went shopping and he didn't freak out then. He just decided to freak out when his shit's coming to him. And he Ugh. didn't just forget about yeah. Father Hubbard. I mean, just because you're not no. talking about him doesn't mean it's going to go away. He certainly didn't forget about Father Hubbard. Well, yeah. His hissy fit's going to bite him in the ass once they get there, as we shall soon see. Yep. (sighs) So... She goes, stop looking out the window. I'm tired of talking to the back of your head. Who is Father Hubbard? And then Matthew finally answers her. Andrew Hubbard is a vampire. He rules London. And then she's like, what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean rules London? Huh? He's in charge of all the vampires? What? And then Matthew said, not just the vampires, witches and demons, too. And what did you guys think of this when we find out there's a vampire king? And he not only rules the vampires, he looks over the other creatures, too. What did you guys think of well, that? That was pretty novel, especially since she that was right after she went through the whole thing about how the vampires were so well known for their allegiance to their pack in London and then compared them to vampires in other areas. Although I kind of wondered why Ven- she thought Venice was flamboyant. I would have thought, given the fact that Domenico's running it, they'd fall under the bloodthirsty category. Right. Wow. And then we learned Hubbard's background by Matthew's explanation. Andrew Hubbard is a former priest, one with poor education and enough grasp of theology to cause trouble. He became a vampire when the plague first came to London. It killed nearly half the city by 1349. Hubbard survived the first wave of the epidemic, caring for the sick and burying the dead. But in time, he succumbed and someone saved him by making him a vampire. You know what? This is this is it right here. Why we all the whole set him up as a cult leader. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because Matthew's description of him follows pretty much every two bit prosperity preacher and con man religious fanatic that has come along with the comment about the poor education enough yeah. and just enough theology to cause trouble. They ain't no Jesuits, that's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. we'll hear in a little bit, but he calls his ritual perverted. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Perverted. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from a staunch Catholic as Matthew, I would I would see where he would be offended by a variation on communion like mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. But I, I'll have to say the first read, I was hook, line, and sinker. Matthew riled me up. I didn't like the guy. I was ready to pick up my pitchfork. Let's go. Where are we gonna get him? Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> that was me, definitely. That was definitely me. Yep. 
But then you're yeah, right. That I is was, exactly why we feel that way because he riles us up. Yeah, because yeah. it was a dog. I mean, that whole speech was a dog whistle mm-hmm. right there. Bravo, Deb. He was setting Diana up to just not like this guy. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Maybe for her own safety, maybe for her secrets or whatever. But I was not apt to believe when I first read this, I was not apt to believe anything Matthew said because he was being a dick, an asshole, not telling her anything. And why would I believe him? <laughs> that's that's <He's> good. Yeah. <laughs> you were probably you were, see. I fell right into the trap. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Did too. But I also yeah. love Matthew, yeah. so I didn't have the foresight until later. Yes. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I had the luck of hating Matthew when I first read him. So yeah, this, this, is this is true. This is true. You took everything he said with a grain of salt. Yeah, I was like, well, why should I believe you, Matthew? Because you are not entirely truthful. So, And the fact that he kind of called him not entirely sane, that was just bonus. Yeah. And how dare you, Matthew, with your blood rage, call someone else not entirely sane? Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, no, really. it's true. And that's not even a spoiler at this point. No, no, it's oh, not. No. <laughs> well, and then on the other hand, it's like, wait a minute, he's got blood rage and he's saying this guy ain't sane? What are yeah. we dealing with here? Yeah. Oh, wait, his grandson, who actually is only a carrier. Right. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. He laments on how he's never figured out who made him. And on first read, I was like, why is this important? Yes. Right. You know, I kind of, I kind of made a note of that. What am I supposed to get out of this? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Where is he going with this? But he carried on. He said, Hubbard gathers up lost souls. Matthew continued. There were too many to count in those days. He took them in orphans, widows, men who Mm -hmm. lost entire families in a single week. Those who fell ill, he made into vampires, rebaptizing them and ensuring they had homes, food and jobs. Hubbard considers him his children. Now, another reason I was influenced the way I was, because the way I saw this was a family of choice. Now, you mm-hmm. guys know my background. I was in the military for a very long time. You'd go overseas and you'd feel abandoned as like, especially like when, when I go to places like Turkey. No, I don't speak the language. I don't, no. you know, I, you're kind of isolated. So you find a family of choice. These are the people you have dinner with. This is These are the people you traverse the city with. These are the people that have your back, you know? So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is nice. He's kind of gathering up all these lost people and making a family of choice. That's where I kind of tilted that way for Hubbard. Well, I was like, no, fuck you, Matthew. Uh, Hubbard's, <laughs> probably, <laughs> Hubbard's probably up to more good than you are. So, you know. Good point. I mean, this is the passage that kind of got me. I ignored the other passage. Now, I'm looking at this other passage where he, I can see how, why people thought he was creepy. That's the setup. That's where they get you. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I kinda... think it was altruistic at all. I thought it was I, I, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, I better not find out another chapter that, you know, what he's using these people for. I hope not. You know, and I just I don't know. So I went dark. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went dark on Matthew. So uh, there you go. I'm not like this. <laughs> Hubbard considers them his children. And Diana says, even the witches and demons. And Matthew says, yes, he takes them through a ritual of adoption. And nothing at all like the one Philippe performed. Hubbard tastes their blood. He claims it reveals the content of their souls and provides proof that God has entrusted them to his care. And I was my perspective. I think you need to make sure your family of choice is loyal. It's important. So for me, 
more Godfather than Colt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I but, and the, but this, I can kind of see Matthew's point here because it's a one-way street. Yes, right. Yeah, that's true. They don't get to know his. And they don't, and a lot of them probably don't realize that they are revealing their secrets to him. I mean, even if he's providing protection or shelter or basic needs, I'm giving my blood to somebody that just seems so intimate. I mean, I didn't talk about the act of it, but the fact that you can yeah. read my information. There's, As a vampire, you would know that he could read your information. And if you're willing to give it and you have nowhere else to go, let's say you're an abandoned, like how Benjamin was abandoned, right? Right. What What other choice do you have? You, That's you what need I mean, though. No, I know, but it's yeah. almost like selling yourself. And you, I understand that it, that it happens yeah. and you have to do that in some circumstances. But as, a but, vampi- just- but as a vampire, you're making a conscious decision to do that. I'm saying if witches witches and demons don't necessarily have that piece of information that, that vampires can do that. It's more of a violation than a quid pro quo. Yeah. Even if it was by choice, I still feel like he was exploiting the vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. I can oh, yeah, see yeah. that. I can see that. It's understandable. Taking Diana's blood wouldn't mean revealing the baby and who his father was. So I could see why Matthew was a little bit... Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't have to go about it that way. I, I don't think he had to paint Hubbard, but Matthew's not neutral. He's not. He, he, there's no way. There's nothing in his DNA that says, let me explain this person to you neutrally and you make you decide. No, he mm-hmm. gives his opinions all over the place. Philippe and Hubbard reached an agreement that exempted the de Claremonts from his family rituals and obligations. I probably should have told him you were my wife before we entered the city. Probably. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> 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 Because being my wife is going to be enough to save her. Uh-huh. Right. So Diana goes on and says, but you chose not to. And he's got nothing to say to that. And then he just goes, Hubbard stays out of my way. I stay out of him. La-di-da. You know? And I'm like, right. okay. okay. No. I'm done with you. And then my man Hancock is back and he's got some things to say. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'm loving me some Hancock here. He's I like the, the truth teller. Gal Glass and Hancock show up. Hancock just keeps it real. <laughs> yeah. Matthew goes, it took you too long enough. And then Galaglass goes, and hello to you, Matthew. So Hubbard's de- demanded an audience at last. And before you suggest it, don't even think about tweaking his nose by leaving Auntie here. Whatever the plan, she's going to. Uncharacteristically, Matthew ran his head through his hair from the back to the front. And we're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And here's Hancock. <laughs> Strap in, people. Here it goes. And, and here's Hancock keeping it real. He's like, shit. <laughs> Your only plan was to avoid Hubbard. You don't have another. We've never been certain if you were a brave man or a fool, de Claremont. But I think this might decide the question. And not in your favor. <laughs> Meanwhile, I guess that's, a, I guess that's Elizabethan way of saying, you're a dumbass. You right. dummy. <laughs> and Matthew's like, oh, I plan to take Diana to Sa Hubbard on Monday. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to yeah. go on Monday. I was like, what the hell is that? I'll go do it tomorrow. Monday. I'm not doing it. <laughs> And he goes on, there's no need to, for haste. Diana is a de Claremont. Besides, we aren't in the city, Matthew said quickly. The Black Friars. She's a de Claremont, so it doesn't matter. Like, right. Well, it does matter, apparently. <laughs> Clearly it does. Yeah. The Black Friars really aren't part of London. I'm like, okay, please tell your tale, Matthew, because yes. I don't get it. I don't get it. So Hancock goes, let's not keep him waiting. And then Matthew's, whatever, we have plenty of time. <laughs> Yeah. And then Galaglass goes, you never understood the tides, Matthew. And again, with the tides, he just, he was late to that freaking witch's yeah. torture. The guy got killed because <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> 
Wow. De- details escape him. Uh, very, very, so, so very, very often. Details just escape Matthew, <laughs> which I is love, odd being a scientist. I mean, I love Matthew so much, but he makes me so mad. He makes me so crazy. <laughs> Oh my God! You want to throttle him like every other chapter? <laughs> that's for that's, sure. I mean, that's that's his charm to be Deb really, honest. But Deb really did a good job with him. She did. She to, really did. Yeah. To to get me all riled up like this. <laughs> no, and I was other books that I've read. I'm like the downfall of this is I don't feel anything. I don't even care about the characters. Here you care. You feel. You have emotion. You're invested. That's is whether good, bad, or ugly. You want to throw things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a kind, he's a kind of character that makes you want to throw your kid. Kindle yeah, but you can't. Way. But you can't because yeah, then we won't find out what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> Which is problematic. <laughs> that is a problem. Yes. See, and right now he's staring at us, going blink, blink. Are you done? Let's move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Matthew. We'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> so they're getting ready to go, and this is my favorite part. When the four of them stood together, it was an intimidating mm. sight. One that provided a plausible inspiration for every human account of darkly cloaked vampires ever written. So they were all dressed in the de Claremont cloaks down to their feet. I'm picturing four dark figures like, oh, this yeah, is going to be great. Embellished with just a little bit of silver. And- yes. Mm. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. Wonderful. So perfect. Mm. Yes. Gallo Glass gets his boat by the usual way, you know, persuasion, growling. Yeah, persuasion is <laughs> pretty uh, generous way to describe it. Growling, you know. Here's a part where he speeds off in the boat after he growls at the boatman and he gets the boat because we all knew he was gonna. And he's going really fast because he wants to get them there. And then Matthew said, there's no need to draw attention to ourselves, Gallo Glass, M- Matthew said sharply. Gallo Glass comes back and says, this. Do you want to row and I'll keep your wife warm? When Matthew didn't reply, Galglass shook his head. Thought not. Now, my note here is, was he starting to crush already, guys? What do you think? I don't know. That was pretty snarky. I, I do think mm. he was crushing already, but I don't think that comment yes was and a no. crush. I don't think that was a crush comment. Yeah, that was more. That was a snark comment, but I think, yeah, he was already in love with her, but yeah. But I did quick. think of it, though. This read, I did think like, oh, yeah, that's right. He is crushing on her. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be a hardship. And so, on the way over there, Diana is thinking perhaps this would be simple like we can meet andrew hubbard show him my wedding ring and return home yay no <laughs> no diana yeah, that's no, not gonna right. happen no so they traverse the streets they the the tunnels to get to hubbard's place kind of dragging her along behind him as they're moving at vampire speed right she's, she's stumbling like... along and they're just gliding <laughs> through the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's all pregnant. I'm picturing her all pregnant in the dark, just cold, and they're just like walking around like nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know? they're, first of all, they're yeah. not they're not in a rush. So why don't they just go as fast as the weakest link? Yeah, you would think because they're men. <laughs> yeah, they don't true. think. This is true. They get there and there's there's caskets everywhere. So all, automatically you think, oh, creeptastic. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of count what the hell shit is, is going this? on here? Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. I think like cartoon vampire. I didn't even go Dracula. That was a fantastic cereal. <laughs> it was. Oh, they bring it yummy. back once a year. That and Booberry. And, and, and like Frankenberry. 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 Yeah. Yep. 
they walk into this ritual and one of the creatures, there's a whole bunch of creatures there. It's and, a party. Wait, wait, yeah. before, we, wait before we move on, that, this sets the stage too, whether it had anything to do with Father Hubbard or not, just the, the human decay and the skulls. I'm like, that didn't add to my, his image in my mind. Yeah, you've got, you got to cut through the ossuary and you, right. you're in the catacombs and it smells like stale wine and skullduggery. For lack yeah. of a better term. To me, I'm thinking cartoon, though. I'm like, what the hell? There's kind nothing, of shit? There's nothing good going up. on down I mean, it seems like there's nothing good going on down there because it's smugglers and coffins right. and bones. And it's like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, but stinky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as they said human decay, I'm like, see, what is he doing with those people? <laughs> it's like gross. Ooh. <laughs> I'm still mad at Matthew. I wasn't caring. <laughs> I will spite everyone else because I do not like Matthew. <laughs> I am very angry at you, Matthew. <laughs> so we're witnessing this ritual. The creature says, my blood is yours, Father Hubbard. The man was frightened. I give it willingly so that you might know my heart and number me among your family. There was silence, a cry of pain, then the air filled with a taut sense of expectation. Hubbard says, I accept your gift, James, and promise to protect you as my child. Now, to me, I saw that as frightening because this guy you probably... You were supposed to. Yeah, he, he, this guy didn't know what he was getting into. This is the impression I got. But what point, where was his life that he had to come here? Do you know? Well, we don't know if he was a demon or what, though. Yeah, that's right. true. And so Hubbard goes on. In exchange, you will honor me as your father. Greet your brothers and sisters. And amid the hubbub of welcome, Diana noticed a sensation of Advice. There's vampires there. There's demons there. And throughout this, without, while Diana's noticing everybody else, Hubbard goes, you're late. And the rumble of sound cut through the chatter and set my hair on my neck prickling and traveling with a full retinue, I see. Matthew, being flippant, says, that's impossible since we had no appointment. Oh, jeez. So much for not tweaking his nose. She goes on to describe him, you know, how his eyes were the only colorful thing about him. He was very pale. His hair was very pale, very skinny, but she could still tell he was strong. Waxy skin. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, okay, so he's creepy, but these people are coming to him and offering up their blood. So let's see what's going on. I I didn't realize his appearance, though. I thought, oh, he is creepy. See, like I always say, he always reminded me of Silas, the al- the albino monk in yeah. Da Vinci Code. Right, but I but I didn't realize, and now I realize that Deb purposely wrote him that way, not to be creepy. But that's how a vampire who died from the plague or dying of the plague would be revived. I mean, even the vampire blood couldn't bring yeah. him back to full beauty, which who knows if he ever was. So there was a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this part kind of got me a little bit freaked out. On first read, Hubbard whooshes and grabs Diana's chin, tilts it to observe her net. I thought he was going to take a bite out of her right there. Yeah, but it, what's creepy enough is that she honed right in on the fact that she had a scar right on her neck. Oh, yeah. 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 And that made me think about vampire senses, how acute they are, because Philippe did the same mm-hmm. thing. He noticed the scar right away. He mm-hmm. Matthew catches his hand. So I'm like, okay, good. They're good. You stop that shit. And then they go into this dialogue. We have a problem, Master Royden, said Hubbard. Matthew says... The dick swinging commence. Oh, yes? (laughs) We have several, Father Hubbard. The first is that you have your hands on something that belongs to me. If you don't remove them, I'll tear this den to pieces before sunrise. What happens afterward will make every creature in the city 
demon human where and which think the end of days is upon us. And I don't not believe him here. Yeah, I believe him. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We see the creatures start emerging from the shadows. So John Chandler, the witch that from the apothecary, is there. Kit's there, of course too. Kit's there. Yeah. yeah. With another demon, chilling, holding hands, doing whatever. Yeah, and then he's like trying to brush off his boy toy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because yeah, Matthew's here. here. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want Matthew to think that I'm not available. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why don't you go over God. there? <laughs> I don't Matthew's- want him to think we're together. So Matthew's like, hello, Kit. He said his voice dead. I thought you would have run off and hidden by now. Hubbard says this, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. He murmured, releasing me. Hubbard's eyes swept the room. Leave us. So Matthew is thinking, okay, me and Hubbard are going to have this talk. So he tells Diana, go with Gallaglass. I'll see you shortly. And then Hubbard's like, uh-uh, she stays. Hancock departs with a note of wisdom. He says, your father says a wise man can see more from the bottom of a well than a fool can from the mountaintop. Let's hope he's right, Hancock muttered, because this is one hell of a hole you put us in tonight. And he left. So Hancock, yay him. May I remind you, Monsieur de Clermont, that you are here under my sufferance, Hubbard sat in the, in the chamber's grand solitary chair. Even though you represent the congregation, I permit your presence in London because your father demands it. But if you have flattered our customs and allowed your wife to enter the city without introducing her to me and my flock, and then there's a matter of your knights. I guess Hubbard didn't like the knights at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he doesn't like a lot of things. Matthew goes on. He says, most of the knights who accompanied me have lived in the city longer than you have, Andrew. When you insisted they join your flock or leave the city boundaries, they resettled outside the walls. You and my father agreed that the de Claremonts would not bring more of the Brotherhood into the city. And I haven't. So apparently the Brotherhood, uh, existing Brotherhood in the city, and they're allowed to be here, but they were grandfathered in. Here goes Hubbard. And you think my children care about these subtleties. I saw the rings they wore and the device on their cloak. I was led to believe you were halfway to Scotland. Why are you still here? And then here we go. Perhaps you don't pay your informants enough. (laughs) Kit's very short on funds these days. God. I don't buy love and loyalty, nor do I resort to intimidation and torment to have my way. Christopher willingly does what I ask, like all godly children do when they love their father. (laughs) How true do you think that was? Do you think Kit really loved Hubbard? Uh, No. God, no. no. Okay. I, I don't think he had loyalty to Hubbard, really. No. And Matthew says as much. He's got too many masters to be faithful to any one of them. Whoever could yeah. provide. I mean, he's just, he's a guy trying to get by too. So between his patrons and his friends that he's mooching off of and someone who will provide him protection when he goes to London, I, I mm-hmm. think he was jack of all trades. Imagine living that life though. Oh, oh, exhausting. Having, That's yeah, having even, so many masters. Even someone who chronically lies. I don't know how they had the energy to do it. Really. Can't keep up with it, man. No. Life's too short. So Hubbard brings up, also, your wife is a time spinner. I don't approve of time spinners, for they tempt men and women with ideas that do not belong here. Again, hmm. he's not wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's not wrong here. And then um Diana thought she'd say something. <laughs> It was cute. Ideas like choice and freedom of thought? I interjected. What are you afraid? Next, Hubbard interrupted. (laughs) 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 And he acted like he didn't even hear her. And finally, she's breeding. Will the child's father come looking for her? And Hubbard had not ferreted out our biggest secret. That's what she's thinking. That Matthew Mm -hmm. was the father of my child. I fought down the panic. Think and stay alive. So Philippe lives. Philippe's advice. 
coming mm-hmm. coming in handy. Apparently, she didn't take it to heart the first time when Baldwin told her. No, because uh, sometimes <laughs> Diana sometimes can just ignore the message. Ignore the message because of the messenger. Diana is a classic. Bury my head in the sand. I'll listen to what I want to listen to, and yeah, there you go. Two very difficult characters getting together. It's just what this these books are. <laughs> it's, it's life. Yes, it's so life. It's so real life. So Hubbard says, how long do you imagine the two of you will survive outside of London when the rest of the congregation hears of these offenses? Hubbard shook his head. Your wife will be safe here so long as she's a member of my family and there's no more sharing of blood between you. So the way I was looking at it was Hubbard was like, okay, she needs to be under my control. If you want this to not go sideways, she's a witch. There's this whole congregation deal, Mm -hmm. Matthew. I'm trying to look out for you. I'm helping you out. And of course, we know what's really going on. She's pregnant. Matthew's the father and we don't uh, it's kind of a sticky situation they find themselves in. He he ticked off this Mm -hmm whole list and I thought, dang, this guy is astute. You know, he just, he, he assessed the whole situation much faster than Matthew and I should have seen the light there, but I didn't. I still was mm. <laughs> blinded by Matthew. So very broke down version of Philippe, but yes. <laughs> Same <Yeah>. philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the bargain basement Philippe, but yes, it's still the same philosophy. (laughs) So Diana decides to take another tack. She says, excuse me, Father Hubbard, if I understand correctly, the Declaremonts are exempt from your governance. And then Hubbard's like, that's correct, Mr. Royden, but you are not a Declaremont. You are merely married to one. And then she goes, wrong. I am Philippe Declaremont's blood sworn daughter, as well as Matthew's wife. I am a Declaremont twice over, and neither I nor my child will ever call you father. And I wonder if there's a mistake here. Why? Why didn't he hear her hear Philippe's blood song? Because vampires can hear it and Philippe's children it is loud for Philippe's children. Oh, continuity. Yeah. Yes. Continuity error. Oh, good call. Oops. All right. That's right. So the vampires would have heard that. So Well, let me just be devil's advocate. We don't know that he didn't but he didn't mention that's it. That's true. Yeah. Because we, okay, we're not yeah, meant to know true. right now. That's true. And maybe that's why he gave up. Like, okay, I don't need to hear. I don't need her blood. Yeah, it's and, good and to he, go. And he, and, he, yeah. and he believed her right away. I mean, that would and be a bold he just wanted assertion. To, you know, he just wanted to yank Matthew's chain some more. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So maybe he didn't hear it. Yeah. So, Or maybe he did hear it, but he's not going to let But his... he, was, he looks stunned. Yeah. At least to D- Diana's. Well, to family, it's supposed to be loud. To other vampires, it's there. But I think you have to listen to it. And that's that's how they explain it in Book of Life. Every vampire can hear it. But to family, it's like loud, really loud. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. What's up, Angel? There's an issue here somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do agree. I do agree. He, but yeah. she yeah. said, I'm his blood sworn daughter. You can verify the info. And he's like, no, I believe you. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah then she, you wouldn't be lying. That, that's not shit you lie about because it's yeah. going to come back and bite your ass. Yeah. yeah. I do agree, so though, she, because... But didn't Baldwin or Varen say it was deafening? Yes. yes. Well, to family, I thought it was deafening. To family members. But to, but to all the it. vampires, it's a low-level hum. Yeah. Right. I mean, he should be able to hear her. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. He he should be able to hear her blood singing anyways, just because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of creatures in there. Maybe, yeah, maybe if he true. was in a, alone in a room with her. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. just with Matthew and her, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ha! Huh. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Diana decides to take over this conversation because it's going nowhere. Too much testosterone, as she found out with Matthew and Philippe. So she says, perhaps you can help me then. I'm in London to seek help for some finer points in magic and witchcraft. Who among your children will you recommend for the task? And her, she request, just, yeah, she, her yeah. request erased Matthew's grin because he thought he's like, all right. Yeah, that's right. Philippe de Claremont's daughter. That's right. We're out of here. What? Diana, what? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> And then he's like, Diana. But she goes on. My father would be very pleased if you can assist me. Very yeah. pleased. So very get, pleased. Get yourself a favor from Philippe de Claremont. Yeah. I understand how quid pro quo works here. That's true. <laughs> Man, she she pulled that pulled that out of her hat in a big way. Yeah. She saves the day again. Matthew. Well, I, I couldn't help but thinking mm-hmm. when uh, Domenico said, what, you're a lawyer now? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much it. <laughs> oh my god. I play one on TV. Right. That's right. <laughs> I play one in Elizabethan England. There you go. <laughs> so Hubbard considered her request. I will discuss your needs with my children and decide who might best serve you. And then Matthew's all grumbling. Whoever he sends is going to be a spy. <laughs> and then she's like, you're a spy too. I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> I'm tired. I want to go home. point is. Yeah. I live in a house full of them. No Which joke. <laughs> So Hubbard goes, even to Claremont's must be careful in the city. Hubbard called after us. See that you remember it, Mistress Royden. Matthew and Galglass scoop her out of there. And then they get back home. And then Walter's and he gets like, pissy again. Yeah. Walter's like, thank God we came as soon as we heard that you were in need. George is sick of bed. Neither Kit nor Tom could be found. And we know why Kit can't be found. Yeah, we know where <laughs> Kit was. <laughs> yeah. Matthew goes, I'm sorry to have called you. My alarm was premature. And And then Walter's like, if it concerns the order. And then Matthew's like, nope, it doesn't. And then here comes Diana. It concerns me. And before you come up with some other disaster scheme, understand this. The witches are my concern. Matthew's being watched and not just by Hubbard. And then Galglass is like, eh, he's used to it. And then (laughs) pay the goppers no mind, auntie. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says this. I need to find my own teacher, Matthew. No witch is going to want to part with her secrets so long as any of you are involved. Everyone No woman wants to wander into this den of testosterone. Mm -hmm. No joke. More like. And never mind vampires. So she even says, everyone who enters this house is either a were, a philosopher, or a spy, which means in the eyes of my people that any one of you can turn us into the authorities. Not so much in the fact that male philosophers are all kind of viewed at, they look down on witches. Yes. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're boy witches. Boy witches are better than girl witches and they'll turn in those silly little herbal women every chance they get. Those kitchen witches. You know. She says, Berwick may seem far away, but the panic is spreading. Diana says, if you order a witch here, one will come. Matthew Royden always gets his way. But instead of help, I'll get another performance like the one Widow Beaton gave. That's not what what I need. Hancock's well, I like, like how she threw Widow, Widow Beaton back in his face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good. Hancock's like, like dude. you need Hubbard's help even less. <laughs> it's like, dude, if that's what you're calling help, I can do it myself. Right. She reminds Matthew, we don't have much time. Hubbard didn't know about the baby and Hancock and Gallaglass haven't perceived the scent yet, but this evening's events had driven home our precarious position. And this is what she was thinking. 
So mm-hmm. Matthew says, all right, Diana, we'll leave the witches to you, but no lies and no secrets either. One of the people in this room has to know where you are at all times. And Walter's like, Matthew, can- you cannot. And Matthew said, I trust my wife's judgment. And <laughs> Gallagher says, that's what Philippe says about granny just before just all before hell breaks. Hell breaks. <laughs> <laughs> And that ends this chapter, end of chapter 18. Anything else to add? No, just that that's what maybe ripped the next page over. Like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> what's next? What's next? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you, you, nothing to say about the War of the Roses, Angela? Oh, yeah, of course. I was, I thought one of us would bring it up. I guess when we, when we proceeded, um, well, when, when Gallo Glass was talking about not arguing the geography of London and stationing the knights in the Tower of London, and right there was an egg about the War of the Roses and that um, the knights supported the Lancasters in Battle of Bosworth, which was a deciding battle that brought Henry Tudor VII to power. Of course, the knights were involved in that is what is suggesting. And people have, when Mm -hmm. we brought that up in the past, tweeted it or whatever, someone said to Deb, is that true that they really supported the Lancasters? And she said, well, the knights didn't have a choice, but Philippe did. And whatever Philippe said went. So that was Philippe's choice. There you go. There we go. And now going once... Going twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends chapter 18. Yay! Good, we're getting close. And we're getting close to Sotheby's. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. We're getting close to what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Sotheby's. Sotheby's. Oh, Sotheby's. <laughs> Sotheby's. Okay. Okay. Oh, high heel, hot Sotheby's and high heels. I can't wait. The, the click of her heels. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a whole book coming out about that, isn't it? I yeah, I seem, to read that. I seem to have heard that somewhere. <laughs> I have to check my notes and see if it's on my pre-orders. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to housekeeping, you guys. Uh, housekeeping okay. this time is brought to you by Nancy Forrester. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Housekeeping. All right, who's got housekeeping for us? I have one from the Discusser-in-Chief. Oh, go ahead. Okay. From Stephen, of course. Dear Demons, yesterday I left a message on SpeakPipe. This morning I read more in the World of All Souls, only to see Richard Field was covered there. Oh, well, perhaps you can include the sign of the anchor from the title page of Venus and Adonis in the show notes. We are off for four nights in Venice on Wednesday, then a week in Bartolino on Lake Garda. Stephen. Thank I you. I hope you had a really good time, because by the time you listened to this, obviously you would have returned back home. But I hope yes, you had a good time, for- and thanks for sharing all your pictures. Yeah. Oh, I know. There are some lovely pictures from Stephen. Be sure yeah. to take a look at them. I have one from Wendy. She must have been busy. Yay, we Wendy, haven't heard from her in a while. Back. She's back. She's got a message for us. She says, hello, Lady Demons. Yep, it's me. I've been an utter fail at sending emails to respond to your emails and podcasts, but rest assured, I am listening, laughing, and talking out loud in my car. I need to get a recorder so I can remember my thoughts for the email later. Here are some recent thoughts on the podcast episodes and the Patreon extras. Number one, the special edition podcast, you each asked each other if there was something that you did after reading All Souls trilogy that you wouldn't have done before. I think it was a combination of getting older and reading the trilogy. Getting into my 40s was freeing for me, and I seemed to find more self-confidence and cared less what other people thought. And if I had not found the trilogy, I would have never traveled by myself to New Orleans for a vacation to a place where I didn't know anyone or at least had not 
not met anyone in person. Before the trip, I had never taken a vacation by myself without knowing someone already. Awesome! Yay! Yeah. Yay! And she's the biggest advocate now of doing so. Going to the car oh, yes. all by yourself. Absolutely. All by herself. And number two, she said, uh, number, uh, episode number seven on Patreon. Valerie, I'm so sorry about your mom. And sending long-distance Canadian Nova Scotian hugs your way. Also, I blurted out, dentist slut with all of, <laughs> with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and lost a giggling at the wheel of my car. And thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you for your thoughts <laughs> and everything like that. And um, if you guys are wondering about a dentist slut, you have to tune in. Patreon.com slash Demons Discuss. You know, you can yeah. pledge. <laughs> yeah. Find all about dental harlotry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dental harlotry. Oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds classier that way. Yes. Number three, she goes on. Thank you for the recommendation for the Fever series. I downloaded the first book and plan to read it while Yay! I'm on vacation the first week of July. I think you'll love it, Wendy. Yeah, I do too. I think yeah. so. Ugh. And she said, well, ladies, not an overly long one this time, but I will try to be more regular with my responses and emails. As usual, your podcast is fantabulous. And it makes me laugh and even better, it makes me think. Thank you for all that you do. And I can't wait to see you in Philly. And looking forward to more drunk Twitter messages. Hugs, Wendy. <laughs> Love you, Wendy. Challenge, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Here we go again. Okay. Strap in. <laughs> so that was it for our housekeeping. You guys ready to go on to save it for the show? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. let's. All right. So this save it for the show is brought to you by Angela Page. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. So the topic for this Save It For The Show, <laughs> our reason thoughts on the trailer. We've had a couple days to calm down, but we have some thoughts about the trailer. I still think it's as fantastic as it as I did when I first saw it oh, Monday in I the hours of my morning. <laughs> oh, God. My, I, yeah. I wasn't even... I, oh, it was, just, it was a squee fest. My phone, I woke up. Okay. Your phone so. was probably blowing up. You guys have to know that I'm on the West Coast and these two are on Central, so they're two hours ahead of me. So they'll get to jab and I woke up at 4.30 that morning. <laughs> well, they dropped that thing at like, what, barely 6 o'clock, Angela? 5.30, yeah, 6 o'clock? I think it was like, it was like 6 a.m. So Eastern time It or had something? to be earlier by you, Val, because if it was 5.30 my time, 3.30 my time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So my alarm went off at 4.30 because I have to be to work at 6. You know, one needs to shower and do all that. So, but the first thing if I one see likes is... Her, if one likes one's co-workers, one needs to shower. This is true. One needs to shower. So I look at my phone. It's just lighting up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I look and there's this link to a trailer and I watch it. I was like, what am I even seeing? I'm like, I don't, I need coffee. What's going on? Yeah. And I still had to get ready for work. I was really pushing it. (laughs) So uh, go ahead with your impressions with the trailer. I'll tell you mine. The music is was perfect for it. I I sent you the link to the music that's just the music and they, they, they made magic out of the pairing of the scenes that they clipped, set to the music, the ominous. It's not this bright, cheery, not that you'd expect it to be, but it's just a darker tone. I loved it. I thought everything, I thought everything, nothing was spoilery. I thought it was enough to grab you, whether you're a reader, whether you're yeah, just seeing it for the first time. If I didn't read the books, I would still watch this show. Yeah. It, the pacing of it was perfect. It gave you a, a perfect little taste of all the different things going on. I mean, they got a lot of the cast in there. So you saw a lot of different, different faces. It wasn't all 
Matthew and Diana. I mean, they really drove home the point that there's this huge, big world inhabited by any number of really fascinating, exotic, creatures. tantalizing creatures. Mm-hmm. Yes, that live among you. Creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't they know how you... that home that, that point home. I thought is. Yeah, like, I think so too. You know, they're hiding in plain sight. I don't know how you feel, Val, but every Sunday night in the summertime, I'm like, it's like residual energy. I need my true blood. It used to be on at this time. I mean, it's years later. I, I still do that. So I, I think this, this almost like fills the void. Like I said, if I hadn't read the series, if I didn't know anything about it and I saw this trailer, I'd be like, I got to tune in for that. I know. This is this is going to be my new thing. This is going to yep. be my new thing. And that's why I keep saying it's HBO because there's a void there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to look at. I mean, how are we going to... You know what? If it were janky, I think we'd say something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, shot beautifully. I didn't know some of the things I wanted. I have my whole laundry list and I feel like they've been met, but they gave me things I didn't know I wanted. And that's always the best gift. Matthew Good's voice, though. Yeah. Ugh. His voice on that voiceover, though, yeah. creeptastically beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Seductive, dark, everything, th- that voice transmits everything that when we were reading the books, when Matthew Claremont first walked in like a panther, his voice articulates that so well. Yeah, even if I didn't like Matthew good, I'd close my eyes and be like, just keep talking, baby. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever baby. <laughs> read me the box Whatever, scores, cool. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at you, but keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I, I went back to I, I went back to my roots where I I saw Matthew Good and I thought okay that's Matthew that's the Matthew that I fell in love with um, not that I can't say I pictured this Matthew this is the Matthew we have and I'm happy because he his intensity yes. and I'm like I just go, now I can link him with the uh-huh. book Matthew and go this is the guy I fell in love with when I see him in the bodily and or see him doing the things that we're all dying to see yeah um, I'm, I'm yes. happy so I will put a link to the trailer in the show notes if guess in case you've been half asleep yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> On a desert island for the last week with no... Yeah. Well, for them, it would be three weeks because by the time this comes out, we had already seen the trailer three weeks ago. And Angela, while we were recording, Angela got a bit of news. You want to share it right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the news is Matthew Good and A Discovery Witch's cast is going to Comic-Con July 18th to 22nd, and very high possibility the U.S. broadcaster is going to be announced. Very high but pos- wait, possibility. There's more. My, there's twi- more. my Twitter just blew up. Sky One has okay. confirmed that Deadline article, and they have also confirmed that Teresa, Matthew, Alex Kingston, and Owen Teal will all be there with Deb and Jane Tranter. Well, there we go. Maybe you guys won't listen to this because all this other stuff will be going yeah. on. <laughs> but that's okay we'll wait we'll wait for you to hit play <laughs> <laughs> but you have to understand in real time it is actually june 28th so we're a little bit ahead of you mm-hmm. we're talking to you from the past as a reminder so this is all new information for us for you it's probably old and comic-con is it starts what the yep. 18th Yes. And Deb has, there's three different panels going on that Deb's participating in. Right. There you go. So, yeah, that's, wow. Our lives are about to change. Oh, dramatically. Sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Because that's about how it's going to be. Not just our lives, audience, your lives too. Because oh, I yeah. mean, if you're listening to us, I'm assuming you're a big fan if you're listening to us babble, right? So <laughs> you have to be, I think, in order to listen to us and put up with some of it, some of the stuff we do. But 
Yeah, this is uh, our lives are going to change because all of a sudden our focus is going to change everything. When the TV show comes on, we're going to stop everything we're doing and focus on the TV show for eight episodes. But for you, your lives will change because you'll have a TV show. Mm -hmm. And oh, my God, so much. It's happening. It's it's truly, truly. After all these years, it's truly happening. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anything else before we go on, you guys? I'm kind of speechless at this point. I know. Yeah. The love is genuine. Let me just say that. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's go to break. And after that, we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text A-D-O-W as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text A-D-O-W to 444 or visit com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it, your discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! So who wants to start with their last thoughts? My last thought and something I can't let go of because I've never really been able to decipher Father Hubbard's scent that Diana got wind of, the cinnabar and fur. I know cinnabar is slightly toxic and mercury related, but I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what that means. I mean, I'm assuming it's, it's linked to his plague ridden body and rejuvenated as a vampire. Yeah, but isn't cinnabar also something that's in incense? It's, it's a I spicy. Think, yeah, it's a spicy. Yeah, I always think of the Essay Lauder perfume, which I still like to wear occasionally. <laughs> right, right. Well, that, and that's why I could never fully could put it together. I'm like, okay, well, when I Google cinnabar, that perfume comes up. But fur, mm-hmm. what about the fur? Oh. Is there any symbolism or anything? Oh, resin, fur trees. Okay. I really think it has to do with incense, hmm. church incense. Interesting. Okay. I can see that too. Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Was that it? The thing you couldn't let go of and last that thought all wrapped in yeah. one, Angela? Yep, all right. That was nice and neat yes. and tight. <laughs> tight. <laughs> What do you have? Oh, Jean? cinnabar. Oh, here's another thing I just found. Oh, she she has cinnabar. She's cinnabar, going on. Cinnabar okay. is kind of tied into um, dragon's blood. I know it's a pigment too for, yeah. for like vermilion. Yeah, cinnabar. Dracenia cinnabari is the name of the. It's a dragon's blood is a byproduct byproduct of the cinnabar tree. Ha! Huh. And dragon's blood isn't that the ink that yes that in Diana the used in the that book Rebecca book had yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Jean, do you have any last thoughts? Or are you still pondering my la- well, the my, No, my last thought actually has to do with the fact that September's going to be, oh, God, split be- split between um, Times Convert and Detour. And <gasps> if the TV show's on, too. Oh, my God. We might get to did watch I share an episode together. Wait, did I share with you that Teresa Palmer said it's possibly September 21st is the air date in the UK? No, that's a new tune. Yeah, I think I... I- I saw it on Twitter when I was political on Twitter for a second. And then I ducked out of there. Our 
Oh, that almost, that that almost starts when the real and the real time read that almost starts with. I know. Starts. Oh God! Wow! But it's it makes sense. Overload though. I know. It makes sense why they moved. Well, it makes sense why they moved Times Convert though the publication to the 18th. Mm. Yeah, right. From the 25th to the 18th. Yeah, that would have been a conflict. I think. Good lord! A little bit. Ugh. I guess we're not doing a real time read this year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a good year to skip it. Yeah. <laughs> well, audience, if you want to do a real-time read with us, I'll put up a link to all of our chapters and you can go through all the chapters again mm-hmm. and listen to us talk about <laughs> Discovery of Witchers five chapters at a time. <laughs> I can't believe we even did that now. I know. I know. I know. Well, I do see it happening maybe two, three years down the future. Hey, let's go again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Knowing what we know, because I mean, just in this last year, I listened to some, um, oh God, earlier this week, I listened to the one with the fortress. Can you believe that was a year ago? Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. A year ago. So I listened to it in the car and I'm like, wow, we've even improved since then. <laughs> I thought we were good then. <laughs> how so? How, how so? How so? How uh, so? We sound better. Uh-huh. We're definitely our give a fuck just kind of went down way down as yeah. we, we're more comfortable right now when we talk to our audience where you can tell we were trying to still keep things structured because <laughs> <laughs> i always think all valerie will fix it <laughs> yeah, you know. we were still trying to keep things structured and i i don't know somewhere around episode 25 or 26 we just like yeah fuck it it'll just turn out how it turns out <laughs> We got comfortable. Yeah, that was our evolution. We got comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, that was quick. We didn't, there's more details in that chapter. So I definitely see us like a few years down the road saying, hey, let's start the trilogy again. Let's go, guys. Well, oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> just this thing right now with Father Harbor and his scent. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting, too, because you know, when you read the book and then you listen to the audio, you're like, oh, I didn't pick that up because now she said this this way. We might pick up even more things with the show. Oh, gosh, yes. Ugh, can't wait. It's just a lot to process. I can't wait. I can't wait to, I can't can't wait to make Al watch it. <laughs> You're gonna make him watch I'm gonna it. Make him wa- I'm gonna watch it. My watch it for my own self enjoyment, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna make him. Wa- I'm gonna make him watch the rewatch. I'll invite Robert to watch it. He can watch it because he watched True Blood with me like the last three seasons. He he's like, what's going on there? Like once he knew all the characters uh-huh. and who Vampire Bill was and who Vampire Eric mm-hmm. was and mm-hmm. and the whole Lilith deal, and the, he was like all into it. He's like, isn't True Blood on? Let's go. <laughs> 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 I made him watch The Alienist, and he ended up really liking it. Oh, so, yeah. Good. There's, we there's have different hope. approaches. I'm not telling Brad. He'll just see it on the DVR. He'll see the whole season <laughs> DVR'd, the episodes collected. And he honestly, both yeah. of us honestly can't remember which shows we record. And he's like, is that mine or is that yours? So he'll probably think, oh, well, I'll try I'll just watch it. this. Yeah. yeah. Discovery of Bitches. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Well, he's got to recognize the name from the book. Oh, yeah, he will. You he's like, think. oh, my God. He'll you probably be like, oh, my the, God, the, it's that vampire porn. <laughs> what the hell yeah, is that vampire the, the kid- porn <laughs> doing on my TV? <laughs> the kids recognize everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean. Because yeah. I have a whole shelf dedicated to it in, in my great room. Yeah. So Robert can't avoid it. He's like, oh, that's just foul stuff. Just, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> yeah, what up? <laughs> 
Taught whatever. Okay. Jean, did you have any other thoughts no, or things just, you can let go of? Just, no, that just was it. the sensory overload. You know, we're going to go from um, rags to riches as far as... I know. The long I know. drought is over. Boy, that was a drought. You know, I was going back to look at... Oh, see, I reminisce again. Yeah. I was going back to look at... To see what we were doing last summer. And it was just a whole lot of giveaways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there was nothing going on. It was like a drought. There was like... <laughs> It's like okay, we're having another giveaway, eh. <laughs> and now we've got so much, so much, such cooler stuff to give away. We've got some yeah, new surprises for, for you folks coming along the way because Valerie's feeling we do. creative. I am, I am, I am. So let me get to my last thoughts. Okay, few things first. This is addressing Camille. Camille, our witchy listener, if you're listening, we did some research on the Weaver Woman one at uh, gmail.com. When I first emailed it, oh, sometime last week, it came back, hey, nobody owns this. This does not exist. So I told the girls, I, I forgot about it. And I told Angela and Jean a couple days later, I was like, hey, by the way, this thing is open. No one owns it. And then we got a little scheme in our head. And we're like, why shouldn't we own it? <laughs> <laughs> so we logged in into Gmail. And this is after that episode had like aired, the next okay? day, it was like a day after the next day. And it was taken. Someone had taken it. So I'm going to assume someone listened to our episode and said, is either Deb and company and said, oh, shit, we better take that or a random listener of ours. Hey, which one of you has it? Come on, email me. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> I'm curious. So, yes, WeaverWoman1 at gmail.com has been taken. So that was the first thing. Second thing, let's do a drawing for him for emoji Ooh. Twitter thing of the last episode. We're going to do it live. So I already did draw and the result was two. So who is number two? Number two is Paige Turner's blog, Stacy. Stacy! Yay, Stacy! I don't know if you listen to us. Is she one of our listeners? Canova. She yes, sure she is. is. She she tweeted the smirk, so yes. Yay, Stacy! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very active in our group. Yes, Stacy Canova. Yay, Stacy. Oh, that's her. I had no idea. Now you do. See, I didn't know. Now I do. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yay, Stacy, you won. Wait, wait, what, what did she win? Get? What did she win? I don't know what she won. For this one, we were going to give away something, but we haven't decided. Okay, get a surprise. Well, good. I like suspense. Email us with your mailing yeah, address. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Or I, I'll message you and ask for a mailing address. I'll slip something special in there. But we're going to do it again again. We're going to do it again. So stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll tell you what emoji to tweet out to us. So number two, three. I'm finding You're on number me three hiding. Now. Well, oh, this is number three. That's right. Number three. <laughs> I'm finding myself hiding out in our Facebook group more and more as things are amping up in the fandom. And can I just say our Facebook group is marvelous. Mm -hmm. And also, can I just say the waiting room outside is getting full. And if you're listening and you want to join our Facebook group, we're not going to let you in if you don't answer the questions. Sorry, it's just the way it is. We have a very small membership. 109 members is small for a Facebook group. Trust me on this. And we're trying to keep it as intimate with people who are interested, interested in participating. So if you want to join our Facebook group, the keys are in the show notes. So 
go in our show notes, find it, click it. Our show notes are will be go.demonsdiscuss.com slant 42 and scroll down to the bottom. You'll find out how to get into our Facebook group and make sure you answer the questions because we've been screaming about it, I think, for the last three episodes. So, you know, no mercy. <laughs> We're just not going to let you in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Oh, here's the last thing. The thing I cannot let go of. We're running out of reviews to read. Listen, if you like the show and you find value, the one of the best things you can do, besides join us on Patreon, one of the best things you can do for us is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Why Apple Podcasts? I'm sorry, guys. It helps us get found. So if you don't have an Apple phone or an iPad, uh, you can download iTunes and leave us a review that way. We have instructions on how to do that. But if you're feeling like, hey, let me throw the demons a bone, it gets complicated. Apple doesn't make it easy, but unfortunately, it's the platform that we get listened to on the most, and that's how people find us the most. So I am an Apple person, but I don't like how they run the roost right now. (laughs) And hopefully Google will do something about that, because we are now on Google Podcasts, which is a brand new thing for you Android users. Oh, it's great, too. I just found it works wonderfully. It works wonderfully? Yes. <clears throat> I wonder if you can add the after show to that one. That's a good question. Huh. We'll have to find out. I know we can't do the after show on Spotify because sometimes I'll listen on Spotify. Yeah, no, the after show is not loaded on there. Spotify is like a whole different animal. Yeah, but the fact we're on Spotify kind of excited me. Yeah. So leave us a review, guys. That would be great. We'd love it. Oh, Oh, God, there's so many last thoughts and things I can't let go of. Thank you, Pippa, for featuring us on your social media this week. That That was was awesome. awesome. That was so cool. Simon and gang, if you're listening, thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And if you guys out there, our audience, are thinking of doing a podcast, I know we make it look so easy and you want to try doing one for yourself. You know, whatever. (laughs) I'm telling you, go try Pippa. They make us look great. Sound great. They make us sound great. They make us look great. They promote us. They distribute us to anybody out there. That's why you can find us on every platform out there because Pippa has made that easy for us. And all you have to do is type Simon a message and he'll message you back and say, hey, what can I do for you? You're so good. I think I really appreciate it because our last host was terrible. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so terrible. So last year sometime we moved our whole operation over to Pippa. They, and, they were the host with no hospitality. Oh, my God, I'd write them an email. Hey, how can I get this done? Crickets. Nothing. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Okay. So before we go, let's do another emoji for people to tweet. So, Jean, you come up with emoji this time. <gasps> the starred eyes. Oh, the I like it. The starry eyes. Yes. Not the starry okay. eyes. I'm sorry. The hearty eyes. The hearty eyes. The, the hearty eyes. eyes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what the prize is, guys. The prize, if you just tweet us some hearty eyes, yeah, you know, the little smiley face with the hearts in his eyes. Yes. That's the guy we want. Okay. So we, every year... We designed a new t-shirt for us to wear on panel at All Souls Con. And this year's no different. And we designed a shirt for us. And I really love this design. I know Jean loves it. I, uh, Angela, you I'm, like it too, I right? Just, yeah, I love, I love it. it. I am in love with it. Totally. Yeah. It's really cool. It features a ditch driving wagon. It features a 
clock that spirals into nowhere. It's awesome. So what I'm going to do is send whoever we draw for this next emoji a t-shirt. Isn't that awesome? It's terrific. What? That is awesome. That is awesome. Yes. So you'll be the only one to have it besides the three of us. So that's what we're going to do for you. So tweet an emoji with the heart eyes to us. You don't have to say anything else to at Demons Discuss on Twitter. We love it. Be awesome. That's fantastic. Anything else, you guys? Anything at all? That's, no. No. Wrapped it up with a bang. Love it. Yes. On that note, we're going to say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta. Bye. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.